everybody, welcome back to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jason Sinclair. Starting off with the news from yesterday, Facebook went offline. Some say it was for six hours, some say it was much longer. I think for me personally, uh, Facebook, Instagram, etc. went off for like almost, I mean, pretty much the whole day. It's estimated that Facebook Corporation lost about $6 billion in, a few, uh, in that time frame, pushing him... Oh, and personally, Mark Zuckerberg, sorry, <laughs> pushing him down on the list of world's richest people. Interesting. Uh, what made matters worse with the hours of the blackout was it caused massive outage at Facebook, shutting out all as- uh, access to Facebook's products, including social media platform, Instagram, WhatsApp, and even Oculus. Both issues compounded as a result selling, uh, in a sell of causing Facebook stock to drop by a considerable 5%, according to a 15% drop since mid-September. The stock Got uh, the drop in stock got a value personally. Mark Zuckerberg's value down one hundred twenty one point six billion, dropping in below Bill Gates, who sits today at number five on the Bloomberg Billionaire Index. As fact, as per index, he's come down about one hundred forty billion in just a few weeks from one hundred forty billion in just a few weeks. Okay, out to the UK. Boris Johnson is dismissing the supply crisis as a turning point for Britain. So. Prime Minister Boris Johnson sought to play down a supply chain issue crisis seen as fuel soldiers across the country and farm animals threatened with destruction, calling it a turning point. In an interview on Tuesday morning, Johnson pushed his relentless, uh, pushed his relentless positive message that his country will benefit from higher wages and investment, yet he said the UK had issued less than half of the 300 emergency visas it planned for, for foreign fuel truck drivers and dismissed concerns that more than 120,000 pig face being cold because of a lack of slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse staff. What we, said to the, uh, what we said to the road haulage industry was fine. Give us the names of the drivers that you want to bring and we'll sort them out with the visas. You'll get another 5,000 visas. Uh, they only produced about 127 names so far. Oh, so they're putting it on them now. Oh, yeah. It's, okay, they're putting it on the trucking industry. It's not their, their fault. So the government is seeing... Seeking to shift the responsibility for finding drivers to industry against the backdrop of spike in demand for fuel and rising living costs. Leaving the EU means the UK no longer has access to a pool of its labor and its economy had relied on for years. As Johnson toured the makeshift media booths at the Conservative Power Conference in Manchester, he said the shortage of fuel and food are a unique crisis for Britain, but what's happening across the world as COVID-19 pandemic eases. What you're seeing is the UK economy coming back to life, really sort of stretching its legs, starting moving in. Of course, there's been a long, uh, been a bit of creaking here and there, but we haven't had time, uh, such activity in a long time. So basically, growing pains is what he's limited on. So. All right. This is from the National Review, and they're talking about why an Israeli option against Iran is back on the table. The most important message to come out of the week in the United Nations General Assembly gathering in New York wasn't, a, uh, wasn't Africa's call for greater vaccine diplomacy or a plea for the world body to get more engaged in Myanmar. Rather, it was that Israel, now under new management Prime Minister Natalifi Bennett, and his broad political coalition is making serious contingency plans to move unilaterally against Iran. It should become necessary to do so. Mm. In a September 28th address to the UN General Assembly, Israeli Prime, a new premier, made it clear that the Jewish state continues to view the Islamic Republic's persistence, nuclear ambition as a truly ex- existential danger, and it's prepared to take military action on its own in order to thwart them if it feels it has no other choice. Such a step should be noted that had never been Israeli's preference. Uh, Israeli policymakers have long maintained that diplomacy and multilateral presence, or barring that, collective action, are some preferable methods for containing Iran's nuclear program. 
So what he's saying is, everybody, get Iran back uh, into sanction, heavily sanctioned. Otherwise, we'll consider attacking them. Uh, I don't know. Sounds like posturing. All right. News out of Australia. Australia won't welcome foreign tourists until at least 2022. Foreign tourists won't be welcomed back to Australia until at least next year. The Prime Minister said Tuesday that the outlined plans were lifting some of the toughest and longest COVID-19 travel restrictions imposed by any democracy. The country will instead prioritize return to skilled migrants and students after it hits Prime Minister Scott Morrison's benchmark for reopening external borders, the full vaccination of 80% of the population aged 16 and older. It's expected to reach that point. News comes just days after Morrison announced plans to allow vaccinated citizens permit residents to fly overseas for November for the first time since March 2020. Severe travel circumstances have trapped most of Australians at home and kept most foreigners out and have led to the lowest immigration since World War II. Australian universities, which rely heavily on fees paid by international students, have been particularly hit hard, and many students fear they'll go elsewhere if they're not allowed in soon. Some news out of the military economy. The Czechs inked a $630 million deal to get Israeli air defense. The Czech Republic signed a deal to buy a new air defense system for its military for the Israeli government from the Israeli government. The Spider system, which is made by Israeli state-run company Rafael Advanced Defense Systems, is capable of providing protection against aircraft, helicopters, bombers, cruisers, and other weapons. The Defense Ministry said the deal to get four short-range air defense batteries is worth about 13.7 billion Czech krona, so about 630 million dollars. The delivery to be completed by 2026. Defense Minister Lubmir Metnar said the Israeli system would be the key to ongoing modernization of the Czech armed forces. It replaced an obsolete anti-aircraft Soviet area 2K12 KUB system to defend military and civilian centers such as industrial hubs, nuclear power plants, airports, and other facilities. That's basically uh, a deterrent against the Russians coming in, knocking on their door more than they would like. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Indiscriminate News Network. I'm your host, Jason Clare. Take care. I hope everybody's doing well. Bye.